Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Yeah, well, that Wizards team's getting torched by the Mavs 52-35 right now. Luka's got 17. Nick's up 30-17 on the Hawks. You got the Celtics up 25-18 on the Sixers right now. And the uh, Bucks up 23-12 on the Raptors. Dame's already got 10 points. He heard us talking last hour. And uh, he's now shooting the ball a whole lot better than he's been for a good portion of the season. I should have played the Dame props with no Giannis tonight. Yeah. Should have. My buddy's on Twitter saying maybe Giannis is the problem. LOL. <laughs> Those jokesters. Bucks will be fine. Bucks will be just fine. You know. They should just alternate games. Badgers, on the other hand, not so sure, kids. But Dame's the, team, it's the Giannis's team, it's Dame's team, it's Giannis's team. Well, Dame's that would be the Phoenix Suns then, because they would just yes. be alternating who plays. So, you know, these two guys, Dame and Giannis, they play. Kevin Durant most of the time. has been most really incredible, though, so far this year. He's averaging like yeah. 31 points per game. He's getting double teamed every single possession because none of his teammates are on the team right now because they're all injured. Uh, and nobody was really talking about uh, my man, Kevin Durant. Yeah, and he's playing like 37 minutes yeah, a night, too. It well, it's almost like the point we just. It, we're numb to everything Kevin Durant can do, you know? Like, we just expect that from him. We expect him when he's healthy to play. We expect him to go out there and every single night look like one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. Facts. And you just kind of like, and it's it's not fair to him in some ways, but like, it's the reality. We just are so spoiled with everything Kevin Durant has done for so long that it just becomes a normal night. You need him to almost put up 50 to be like, oh yeah, Kevin Durant forgot about that guy. Yeah, my friend was like, but is he really still him? Like, I don't know. He's looking kind of old. I'm like, he's putting up 31 a night. Right. What are we talking about? And if we're going to spend so much... I know he's obviously been hurt more recently, but if we're going to spend so much time about talking about LeBron James and the level of play that he's had and that he stayed at for so long, I know Durant's not as old. He's, what, four years younger than LeBron, but... Right. I mean, he's still up there, too, at an elite level at, what, 30... What is he, 35? 35? 35. Yeah, 35. So, like, hey, 35 things start to hurt, all right? You know? Yeah. You got lie. Right. Your hips, everything. Hips don't lie. The hips do not they lie. do not lie. That's very, very true. All right, we bring on Jim Root. Joins us, of course, three-man weave. Uh, yeah, we had, man, we had some great college basketball games last night. And, you know, it was the, it was the blue blood matchups. We're getting kind of those those early tastes of what some of these teams with national title aspirations maybe look like. But, you know, one of the biggest things that stood out to me was Michigan State and still their inability to just shoot the basketball. I mean, Ryan and I sat here last night just joking about how many threes they've missed. And every single time it was, okay, now they've made six this entire season. Is this one of those, that's eh, early in the season, or is it, oh, this is a bigger concern than we maybe realized? I, I'm going to lean more towards the former. I'm not like super mm -hmm. panicky about them, but it, it is noteworthy that they lost their best three-point shooter in Joey Hauser from last year, and I don't really feel like they're creating the same quality of looks this year. Uh, there isn't somebody out there that is ter terrifying defenses to where there's gravity and they're drawing eyes all the time, and it opens things up for everybody else. I, I will say, you know, my opinion means something maybe, but Tom Izzo's opinion probably means something, too. And I was there last night at United Center, and in the post-game presser, he was not worried at all. It was actually kind of impressive. And we won in two, and he was just like, oh, no, these guys battled really hard. Uh, they, they forced their way back into that game in the second half. He doesn't seem concerned about the shooting. He kind of sees the bigger picture and, and feels like it's going to come around. But, man, like game by game right now, you look at it, and it just it's not an inspiring team. And 
They've got another tough test coming up in the Gavit games on Friday, so it's not an automatic that they're going to start figuring it out right away. But I do tend to think long season uh, that they will sort of kind of sort it out. Uh, Jim, usually I hate Kansas. I hate the Jayhawks, but uh, I don't know. Last night, Hunter Dickinson, over eight and a half rebounds. He had 27 and 21. You obviously, you know, you have Zach Eady looking to be the, uh, what, the second two-time winner as far as the uh, Wooden Award. I was looking at the odds today. Eady's plus 175. Hunter Dickinson's plus 450. Um, anybody else worth a look? Or, or what would you do if you wanted to play that market right now? Oh, I, that's that's a tough question. At those prices, I feel like that's so kind of reflective of, of what I feel like the race should be. Um, Filipowski could maybe get into that race at some point. And then like Donovan Klingen, perhaps at UConn, he, he's kind of off the radar right now because he's been sort of on a minutes restriction and UConn's played probably the worst schedule in the entire country. I think they've been a 40-point favorite twice. Uh, so they haven't really been prominently featured. But Sunday night, they get Indiana. Indiana's got a relatively solid front court if Klingon shows out there he starts to get a bigger minutes load perhaps that'll you know he'll take off there the Dickinson thing is interesting because a couple of people messaged me and were like am I wrong to say he's better than Zach Eady right now because of that stat line last night and I, I think it's more about who they played Kentucky has no bigs at all like they were guarding him with a six seven wing for a lot of the game uh, Trey Mitchell's like the only guy over six seven that plays in the rotation their top three centers are all hurt or ineligible at this point so I'm going to like kind of temper expectations for Dickinson's production, but Bill Self is a master of getting him the ball in great spots. He's playing with three incredible passers in McCullough, Harris, uh, and KJ Adams in the front court, guys that can get him the ball when he needs it, where he needs it, and he's got the finishing touch inside. So the numbers are going to be really gaudy, uh, and I think it'll you know stand out for a top-five team, but I still lean towards Edie, and I think he's going to continue his production as well. How are we feeling, Jim, uh, about Kentucky? I was a little curious over Coach Cal keeping Dillingham on the bench for as long as he did. It feels like this should be his team. They were up big on Kansas and let that lead slip away, and I'm starting to worry about Coach Cal in general. Well, the the one that really baffled me is, you know, he had that run, Dillingham, where he hit, I think, three or four threes in five minutes, and then he assisted one that forced a Kansas timeout, and we come out of the timeout, and Dillingham's on the bench. I was like, no one is playing better right now than him. I know he had two fouls, but I think you just got to let the guy go when he's playing as well as he was. I, overall, though, I actually came away pretty encouraged by Kentucky. Uh, I like that Cal leaned into his roster style uh, and what the construction is right now. Uh, he's only got one big, so he spread things out, let his guards really go to work and get into space and play up tempo. And that really gave Kansas problems at times. Of course, they got beat up inside, so it would be nice for them to get one of those big bodies back. But they've got a lot of playmakers. Uh, obviously, Wagner and Edwards had pretty terrible games, but Dillingham looked good. Reed Shepard looked good. Uh, I think there's going to be enough there for Kentucky, and, and the style is is tough to deal with with how many different guards they play and how, how well they can spread the court out. That I actually uh, came away encouraged. I just think they're going to have some ups and downs because of how young they are. Like going through the SEC schedule, a couple of road games, they probably won't be engaged as they were for a Champions Classic game against the number one team. So maybe some confounding losses in there. But overall, I think the ceiling is actually pretty high. 
Talking to Jim Root, BetMGM tonight. Uh, Duke is 14-1 to win the national title. Same as Arizona, third shortest odds right now. We just watched them play each other recently, and now this was a very different game for Duke versus what you had against Arizona. What was different in that game against Michigan State, and did it maybe make you feel, and I don't know how you felt about Duke before that game, but was it maybe at least a sign of something more promising for Duke given the Arizona game before that? Yeah, I liked what they they got out of Caleb Foster. I thought that was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just kind of exemplified that backcourt with with Proctor, Roach, Foster, and McCain. Like any of those four guys can really go off in a game. I'm still a little wary. Like Duke was my preseason team or preseason preseason number one team coming into the year, and a lot of that had to do with Tyrese Proctor making a jump into you know definite first team All Conference, threatening for All American level, and he he's not that right now. He's just not assertive enough. Uh, he, he doesn't want to score. He's kind of more of a game manager, feels like, you know, kind of a derogatory term. But it's what he is right now. He likes to set others up. He doesn't like to really try to create his own offense that often. And if he's not going to ascend up into that All-American status, they're super reliant on Filipowski. Uh, the big difference last night was that Michigan State doesn't have Umar Ballo and, and Krivas, the giant seven-footers that Arizona can throw at them in the paint. And I think that actually helped not expose maybe Duke's biggest weakness, which, which I do think is that interior defense, lack of a true five-man, lack of a rim protector. Uh, so that that helped them out, a better matchup for them. Styles make fights, and I think that worked well for Duke. But there aren't that many teams that are as big as Arizona, like maybe Purdue, UConn, Kansas. So maybe that's a problem in the Elite Eight, Final Four, but I don't think it's going to really wear on them too much during the season. Um they were my, my pick preseason to, to win it all. Like I said, I, I'm, a, I'm kind of down on them relative to that. I think they're more of a top 10 team than number one right now. You've, cu- you've kind of touched on him briefly, too. Kyle Filipowski, I mean, is he the type of talent that you think can kind of put this team on his back and take them on a long march run, or is it just not maybe not at that level? I, I think he is. And I know okay. um, he had like the two hip surgeries in the offseason, and last year Tennessee kind of punked him with, with physicality in the tournament, but he's he's a big dude like a true seven footer 240 pounds i think he can take some of the beating but i think it's going to help them if they can get christian reeves to come along or sean stewart to come along where maybe filipowski doesn't have to guard the opposing center every night i think he's more of a natural four but the offensive game i think is is all there for him he can knock down threes he can pick and pop he can post up he can kind of isolate you from the mid post and put the ball on the floor has that shooting touch and finishing ability and ability to play through contact against big guys in the paint. I think he can be a guy that, you know, goes on that magical march run, especially with the fact that they've got a deep backcourt where they're not reliant on one or two guys. They can have somebody like Foster step up as he did last night. Uh, Jim, last week, I believe we talked about the Big East a little bit when we looked at the futures, but I wanted to ask you about Marquette. Um, they're number four in the country. That was a big win over Illinois last night. I wanted to bet them. I didn't think Kolick was going to go, and then he scores 24 points, has six boards, four assists, like two steals, and plays over 30 minutes, 37 minutes on a tight ankle. Uh, where are you at with Marquette this season um, and with, with Shaka? Do you think they can make a run? Yeah, I, th- I think they rock. I couldn't believe he played either. I-, I thought it was, you know, true coin flip situation. Is he going to be out there? And if he plays, the-, the ankle's a balloon and he's limited. He's not really able to get into gaps the way he normally does. And it didn't seem to slow him down much at all. I watched some of the tape again this morning. and It was just like, wow, he, he looks like natural Tyler Kolick. And you add that to Cam Jones, who I think is, you know, one of the most underrated scorers in the country with his three-level abilities, a great finisher at the rim. He can knock down threes. Igadaro's a great passer in the front court, and they've got these sophomores that are coming along and giving them 
kind of the defensive edge and a little more uh, dynamism on the wing. It, without Omax Prosper, I thought that was going to maybe be a weakness for them, but They've got some guys that have really developed, and Shaka's leaned into that. He didn't go into the portal at all this offseason. It's all internal development with them. So I think they are a bona fide top five team, and we're going to see it in Maui against Tennessee and Kansas and Purdue and Gonzaga. Yeah. Like that field is so loaded. If Marquette comes out of there, you know, two and one in any shape or form, I think is great. And if they win the, the invitational, I think people are going to go nuts for Golden Eagle futures. Jim, do you think the fact that we're not seeing UConn and, you know, the these big tournaments like they were in the Phil Knight Invitational last year is kind of allowing them to hang under the radar because uh, they're beating the snot at everyone they play. Uh, Dan Hurley's still a madman. He's going crazy because they did it. They played soft against Mississippi Valley State when they blew him out by 30. Cam Spencer went nuts. Like, I feel like UConn's still kind of uh, the team. Yeah, and one thing I was questioning with them this year was that inside rotation. Like last year when they had Sonogo and then, you know, he plays 25 minutes and you bring Klingon for 15 minutes and the opposing front line is just like you see their shoulders drop and it's exhausting to go against them. But Samson Johnson has been that guy for them off the bench playing behind Klingon and he's dunking everything. They've got more size, more athleticism. And the freshman, Stefan Castle, sat out last night, but I think he's – trying to give that Andre Jackson facsimile, a big-time playmaker on the wing, and Spencer's kind of playing the Jordan Hawkins role as a shooter. I, I thought those guys would be enough of a downgrade from what they had last year that they wouldn't be quite as good, but man, they've been terrific every single game. Like we said, they, they haven't played anybody yet, but we'll see how they do against an Indiana test on Sunday, but Man, this was the first game Mississippi Valley State where they did not cover against a non-conference opponent since two seasons ago. So they, they covered every game last year. They started 2-0 this year against non-conference foes. So UConn, I think, might be under the radar. And if you want to get in, maybe it's now before Indiana on, I think, a nationally yeah, televised game that people are going to see. Yep, exactly. Jim Root, three-man weave. Always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's certain programs where if they have slow starts, like a Michigan State, you don't, like, you look at things that are a, a worrisome sign, but, like, I, I'm kind of with Jim where it's like, all right, it's not it's not going to be something that you're going to panic about, just given the fact that, yeah. well, you've got a legendary head coach that's been through everything before and understands how to get the most out of his programs, and really, what matters the most? Every year at Michigan State, what do we always say? Well, you got Tom Izzo, they'll probably go on a run. Like, you just assume that that's going to be the case. Yeah, I mean, like, in the, in the Big Ten, they have the second-best odds right now. Purdue's obviously going to be really good with Zach Eady because he's seven foot eight, and nobody could guard him. Yes. He's only played, like, 42 minutes in the first two games of the season because they haven't really played anybody yet. Yeah. Uh, but then you have Michigan State, Illinois. That was a big loss last night, and Kohler was injured in that game, and you had that game at home. So, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Terps. Wisconsin doesn't look great right now. They're 13-1, to so Michigan State should be fine. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Izzo may have lost his. Uh, lost yeah, his, I'm not ready to do it. Not ready to say it yet. Yeah, just kidding. Not ready to say he'll be, it. He'll be there in March. Can't do it. You can't count out Tom Izzo. It's impossible. It's BetMGM tonight. I and Trista and Nick are back on BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Look at the Bucks up 13 on the Raptors in Toronto. Trade Giannis. Trade Giannis. My it's man Scotty Barnes already has 10 points. Scotty Barnes is really evolving as a player. Yeah. Evolving as a player. I love seeing it. Uh, breaking news, though. 
Draymond oh. Green suspended five games. Wow. Should have been more, damn it. Good call. Should have been more. But should have bet that. It was more than the three. Again, I, I, everywhere from like three to ten. Everybody was all over the place with this. You never knew where the the league was going to go until now. Five games for the headlock on Rudy Gobert. Draymond misses that. You now have Klay Thompson who can't shoot. You have Andrew Wiggins who can't score at all. And Steph's going to miss time too. So the Warriors in a world of hurt sitting at six and six. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. What? So what? I just looked what? at the schedule. So he's going to miss five games. The league knows exactly what they're doing, and they're going to try to get him in more trouble because that means in five games they play the Sacramento Kings on national TV. Oh, yes. They're... Right? Or am I off there? Yeah, no, it's the Kings. It should be five. Wow. I don't have the schedule in front of me, so. Sabonis better not be out there. Draymond may be... Uh... Maybe getting suspended for five more. Well, you know what the, you know what they're going to try and do. You get in Draymond's head. Egg him on a Guys bit. like that, that's the first thing you do is you get at him mentally. Wow. I love this league sometimes. <laughs> that's great. You waver so much on it. You're like, this is what you do to get me back into no, the I mean, league. I and still then you're like, like I love it. This. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I really like it when we get around like Christmas time. I mean, it's fun right now. I like the young teams. Like, I love watching the Thunder. Yep. I just I don't want to get excited for the, for the Suns. And then we're like, oh, Wednesday, finally. We get all the all three of them, the big oh, three, and then we just don't, kidding because Brad Beal is not playing. Tonight. The other breaking news: Bradley Beal out tonight. So the debut of the Suns' big three is well, it's still it's delayed. Been greatly exaggerated. Ten games <laughs> yeah. into the season, Bradley Beal has played two. Devin Booker has played three, and Kevin Durant, who's 165 years old, has played every single game, still scoring at an elite level. Another breaking news, JMU got screwed. Oh, yeah. no. Did they? They did. Yes. They are not eligible for the Sun Belt Championship or a New Year's Six Bowl. I yeah. hate the NCAA, hate the NCAA so NCAA much. Too. Love you, college football. hate the NCAA, though. If you had to rank the most corrupt sports organizations in the world, how would you rank it? I would probably FIFA. still... I would go <laughs> FIFA. I would still go FIFA, IOC, NCAA. Yeah. But it's all really close. Oh, yeah. Yeah. FIFA definitely number one. NCAA up there. And it's like they have less power now than they've ever had. So you have all these people. Um, yeah, I mean, like the Tez Walker situation for North Carolina. It's just a, it's, it's a mess. And JMU should be rewarded. They really should. It's saying no. a big to, New Year's Day bowl. It's saying no to say no. I agree. I mean, and that's that's bad leadership. Is to just is saying no just to say no as opposed to right. Let's look at the situation. Wrong. Right, exactly. We're going to look at this situation and yeah. let's actually have a discussion on what makes sense they here. They act like they've been given the death penalty or they had some sort of recruiting violations. Like no, like it's not like just, Baylor. Yeah, it's not, it's not like the Art Bryles. Went to a better, yeah, just like stepped up in class. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're sitting here wondering what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh. And he's just getting suspended while that thing goes back through. Like. It takes longer for them to make rulings on all of these violations and giving guys ham. Like th- they spent more time on the Jim Harbaugh hamburger situation. Analyze that too while you're. At- I-, I hate the NCAA so much. JMU deserve like I don't even like the rule is to what keep schools from moving up a level. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like would the Why? NCAA punish the Jeffersons for moving on up? You know what I'm saying? God, like that was terrible. It, it's kind of like uh, I know you're a dad, but that was a bad dad. It's kind of like how we're slandering Tommy DeVito. You know, if you really think about it, right? Like Tommy DeVito still lives with his parents because he can't afford a place in New York City. Most can't, especially if you're uh, Tommy DeVito and you have no business being in the league. You're most likely not going to be in the league very but long. But he's starting this weekend, so now it's hilarious. We're all like. Tommy DeVito's never going to have a wife. His mom still does his laundry. Tommy DeVito's never going to succeed in life because he still lives with his parents and they do everything for him. But then a guy like Zion, you know what I mean? Like he gets that first big contract or these guys blow all their money and we're like, see, young athlete, not good with his money. So you can't win. You know, we slander Tommy DeVito for trying to save some money. But if he was out there buying gold chains, we'd be like, (laughs) 
Tommy DeVito, not good with his money. So you can't win in this world, How Nick. How about just no, you can't. becoming a person who can actually manage your own life as an adult? Not blow it all. Not stay at home. Just like pay your own bills. Don't do anything crazy. Just learn how to be. Well, he's probably playing his, paying his cell phone bill and some of the other Maybe. things. He's just saving up his money for a down payment. Hey, interest rates are over 7%, guys. It's not a good time to buy a house, okay? Yeah. Back in our parents' days. Well, he's getting another start, luckily, and the DeVito family should be there. <clears throat> you think so? Yeah. Do you Got- think, like, DeVito's family, like the dad and stuff, it's have, just- like, money on the game? They're like, <laughs> They're Tommy guys. DeVito over 180 yards <laughs> passing. You know what I mean? Like, that would yeah, be like parent, your buddy. You should be able to bet on your own kids. It'd be like. I'd probably take the under on those yards with him, though. On Tommy? He threw, for, he threw yeah. for 83 last week. Yeah, he got to go in there a little bit. In the no, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Don't do that. No, he's terrible. Apparently, <laughs> Tommy DeVito's family lives in the same. I don't know if it's the neighborhood or town of where The Sopranos was shot. Oh, really? Of course. Cool. In Cedar Grove in New Jersey. Such a DeVito thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Is he Danny DeVito's little <laughs> nephew? The DeVito. Probably. Tommy DeVito. Oh, you know it. You know old man DeVito's up there, like, sweating out like a six-teamer. He's got the he's got the Giants to cover or Tommy to go. No man, he's fading the Giants the rest of the way because they know if they're starting his son, they're going to lose every game the rest of the season and have the you number have one overall faith. pick. You yeah, you got to have faith. Got to have faith. You know, Tommy's boys are all at the game with the family. Like, yo, I know Tommy ain't much, but he could go out there and give us 160 yards. You know it. They're playing the same game parlays. And he's living the dream, man. Seduced by the juice. He is living the dream. Tommy DeVito may be a gym teacher in four years, but for the next couple weeks, he's a starting NFL quarterback. All right. You if, can never take that if away from Tommy him. DeVito Damn starts it. every game for the Giants the rest of the season, you got the Commanders coming up. Loss. All right. You got the Patriots. Uh, uh, they're losing that game. They may win against I think the Patriots. They're losing that game. DeVito might be able to. Belichick will make his life miserable. What if DeVito. <laughs> Hold on. Hear me out. What if. I'll never forget Josh Rosen. Ending the career of Mike McCarthy at Lambeau Field. Mike McCarthy goes from being a Hallick successful football coach and winning a Super Bowl to being uh, ended by Josh Rosen, who started one season. What if Tommy DeVito beats the Patriots and Robert Kraft's like, I've seen enough. Wow. And, and, he, fires and he fires Bill Belichick. Belichick and we, we forever know Tommy DeVito is the legend killer, like a young Randy Orton. That'll be what he hangs his hat on when it's all said and done. He'll be at the bar like 45 years old, you know, like the local dive bar in, in Queens. Hey, DeVito's here. DeVito, tell us the story about when you ended the career hey, of Bill Belichick. Hey, I know it's, it's been 10 years. Tell it again. You tell it to DeVito, pass, man. Hey. DeVito, tell us the story about when you beat the Patriots. Hey, buy my friend Tommy a beer real quick over here. He's going to tell us the story. Hey, Tommy. Tommy, too. Over here. He's going to come on. Come on. Oh, it, he will. Hey, that will Ryan, be the get us a couple shots. Tommy's going to tell us about the time he beat the Patriots again. Hey, Tommy, Tommy. I got a football in my car. If you go outside, throw the one the one pass you did, you know, against the Patriots that time. Hey, come on. Like, this league is so wild, it would man. Be the headline of his Wikipedia page ending Bill Belichick's time with the Patriots by the way there are reports he wants to be a head coach somewhere else next year so that's, <laughs> that's a whole crazy. other conversation you got guys like Cam Newton Colin Kaepernick like begging to get back into the league and we're gonna watch Tommy DeVito start an NFL game this week Jordan Love had to wait three years keep reading their schedule actually yeah keep going they yeah. might keep, all right keep so going. so right now we've got so commanders you said you think they lose? Mm-hmm. Fine. I'm going to abstain because I think the Commanders will find a way to lose that game. No, offensive line sucks. no. I'm jaded, guys. No. Uh, Patriots. So then it's Tommy DeVito starting against the Patriots. L. All right. Packers. L. All right. Uh, at New Orleans. L. At, at Philadelphia. L. <laughs> God, by the way, that's a, that's a Christmas ga- Day game. That's crazy. 4.30 Eastern. Giants at the Eagles. Ugh. All right. Last two. Uh, at home against the Rams. L. 
<laughs> and then at home against the Eagles. One more win. One more win for the Giants if they start them the rest of the way, and that's being generous against the Patriots. They're going to have the number one overall pick. Is it Caleb or Drake May? It's That's what it's going to come down to for the Giants. They're going to have the number one overall pick. Tommy DeVito, you absolutely somehow, start them the rest of the way. Somehow they'll mess it up. <laughs> Who do you think Brian Dayball would do better with, though? With Caleb, like as a, like a relationship, Caleb now? or Demi Devito, <laughs> <laughs> Caleb or Drake. Oh man, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, it depends on. I mean, I look. I still love Caleb Williams. I understand what's going on at USC. Like, yeah, that, that offensive line that, stinks, and the defense is terrible. And he's just. I mean, he he looks like a guy that's just ready to get the hell out. He's just he's seen enough. Yeah, he is. I I still think Caleb's the number one overall pick and a, and a, a generational talent. But you know we all know this, right? He's still got to be in the right situation, no matter what. If you're you can be as talented as you are as a quarterback, but there's there's limits to everything. Now some guys can maybe transcend that a little bit when somebody like C.J. Stroud with a bad offensive line in Houston looks like an MVP candidate right now. But you don't get that very much. And maybe Caleb Williams would turn out to be that guy if the Giants still have this offensive line, which would be stupid next year. So do we do we hear what we're saying about who is going to be the starting quarterbacks in New York next year? Aaron Rodgers and Caleb Williams. Yeah. I think this is a good time to buy some season tickets for the Giants. And no, don't do it, dude. Don't do <laughs> it. I did it with the year. Jets, and then what will happen is Caleb will get hurt, sell. and then you will not be able to sell those. Well, trust me. I nobody wants to go watch that. bad football have in you New York. So, have you sold one one ticket? Yeah, I actually did. It was like okay. I think face value that I paid was two fifty, and I sold it for sixty two dollars. <laughs> the pair. I'm also not gambling on you know a thirty five. How old is Aaron? Older. Th- He's going to be forty next year. Forty. Yeah. I'm gambling on a guy that's young and has a lot of potential. So I love that. And I think I, you buy Giants season tickets right now. Dumb take. Going to be a lot next year with I, Caleb's there. I you think can if waste the your Giants, money if you want. I think if they had number one overall, they would have to go Caleb just because Drake May is too much like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, Duke, you know what I mean? Drake May, Carolina. I don't know. They kind of look alike even a little bit, in my opinion. I think you'd have to go Caleb. You'd have to, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, I don't know. If I was going to cheat on my wife, which I never would, I probably wouldn't <laughs> cheat on her with, like, a five-foot brunette Italian. Uh, uh, what is my wife? Serbian. You know what I mean? I'd probably, probably go choose something change, different. Yeah. Maybe a blonde. I don't know. Maybe a redhead. But So I think they'd have to go with, like, somebody different here. Yeah, I know. they would. Let's go with the speed, like, a guy that could do, do different things. Although I'm not comparing Daniel Jones and uh, Drake May at all. Well... But Here's, they did both play in the ACC. It's also important to uh, generate a lot of excitement in New York about your team. Caleb Williams is going to bring more to the table. Yeah, I feel like that if, matters. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like they'd get crushed if they went Drake over Caleb. I mean, oh, you know yeah. better than I would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at, it, at, at taking a guy from Duke, and then you look at doing the same thing, getting somebody from North Carolina again, UNC. And I'm not saying that they're the same guy. I'm saying it's going to perce- be perceived as as the dumb. Move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, people would be calling in going crazy. Yeah. Don't take Caleb well, Williams. He's Patrick Mahomes. It's New York. It doesn't matter what you do. That's still going to be the case. You know that. But I mean, the comps are crazy, man. Like, I don't think you could compare anybody to Patrick Mahomes ever. Um, like, Caleb's good, but I don't watch Caleb and think Patrick Mahomes. No chance. At all. He is very improvisational, though, Caleb Williams. Yeah. You saw him against Oregon last week, and I was really kind of annoyed by how much he makes plays with his legs and is able to throw on the run. And, like, that's the only time, really, that USC was able to move the ball was when Caleb Williams yeah. was Im- improving things. Yeah. That's how it's been all season. Like, Lincoln Riley has not been good this year. I mean, I know that 
Alex Grinch was the scapegoat, and rightfully so. I mean, that defense is giving up like 50 points per game. But Lincoln Riley hasn't been very good. The message boards are saying Lincoln Riley a little lazy. One of the last one in, one of the first one to leave. And maybe, I mean, he said, like, he doesn't even want to coach that long. Do people forget that Caleb is playing against the Pac-12? I mean, look what he did against Notre Dame. Yeah, good co- good mean, call, dude. Natural pressure mm-hmm. has been getting home a little bit against him. He struggled. He but, does not look good when he's under duress. But he's so uh, talented. You he know is. what I mean? That. And it's Brian Dable. Yeah. I think that's key. Yeah. Because we saw how good he was with Josh Allen and molding and shaping him into being able to make those plays and, you know, be accurate and limit turnovers. You know, it's gotten worse since Brian Dayball has left. But Josh Allen's peak was when Brian Dayball was there. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, for sure. Josh Allen, I don't, I don't know. I, I think he's going to be all right, don't you guys? Like, I think that he'll always be an MVP candidate. <clears throat> yeah. You just have to kind of let him play, but he's got but, to learn to play a little bit smarter. Like he's got to learn when to pull back. It's been bad. Oh, it's I know. You know. Well, it he has. he's turned the ball over ball over ninety four times. He has more turnovers than games played in the NFL. That's wow. insane. I mean, it's a it's absolutely astonishing that he's able to turn the ball over that much. Going back to the Devito thing with the Giants, so they're nine and a half point dogs at the Commanders. The next week, oh. if I mean, you look ahead, you not everything's up, obviously, depending on where you are, but they're five and a half point dogs against the Patriots. Like, I'm trying to figure out how often they even they even cover what would the rest you, of the way. I was going to ask you guys, what would you bet in Giants once. Commanders? Would That's you bet the Commanders at nine and a half? I don't, I don't think I could number. against even the DeVitos. Yeah. I, would, I would not. I I mean, I'm not touching game. the game. It's the one game because we know that that the uh, whoever plays the commander's defense, they go crazy. Yep. I just I think this is the one game you have to stay away. Yeah, yeah, I would not go anywhere near it. What I would say is more Kayvon Thibodeau sacks probably against that Washington offensive line. Yep. That's the direction you go. But, I mean, where where are the Giants even going to be? The Giants won't be favorites clearly the rest of the way. Oh, no. But not I mean, even against Green but Bay. But, I mean, okay, so let's let's look. Let's let's. Let's make up lines for are they so the Patriots look at I did find one they're five and a half point dogs right now against the Patriots against the Packers at home are they three, they will be three and a half three point they'll favorites. be oh, plus you three know what man I would dogs. say four and a half uh, no I don't think it'll get that high we got to no. wait and see what Green Bay does here I have a weird feeling Green Bay beats the Chargers this week as bad as they've been my take is Green Bay beats the Chargers at Lambeau Field uh, Brandon Staley loses his job this week. Kellen Moore takes over as interim head coach. If they want to see if he can be a head coach, this is the time to do it if, and you're, I, if you're the Chargers. I just have this weird feeling, like Green Bay being a three-point dog at Lambeau. I want to wait and see what the weather report looks like. I I could see, like, Rashawn Gary having four sacks in this game. And Herbert, I mean, I can't say Herbert hasn't been great. He just hung, like, what, 38, 40 or whatever it was in the last game. But um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't think they'll be favored the rest of the year, though. Well, definitely not. Not Home even against, against the Rams? Rams. No. no, no way. No, no Rams unless everybody's picked. sitting, unless Matt Stafford's done for the year, that's the only chance that happens. God, Giants are going to be fade them the rest of the way. No more national TV, at least. Please, no. Nick, Ryan, Trista, and Nick are back on Bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. <laughs> So we got ourselves a little bit of a, I'd say, small sample size of the NBA in-season tournament. The IST, the IST. 
it feels a little more competitive. I mean, putting aside obviously what Draymond Green did, who got just got suspended five games and the headlock and all that. See, that's why he took it so seriously. Mm-hmm. He he really wants that uh that in season tournament. He wants trophy. that title. So he wants that title. Oh, they are not near the top, though, of the odds. Celtics are the favorites to win it at plus 450. Nuggets, Bucks, Lakers. I mean, it's a lot of kind of the same teams you'd What's expect OKC? to see. Yeah, I was going to say, there might be actually some good... I might actually take a look. That's a good call, T. Uh, we need to go farther down this list that I have in front of me. Luke, you want. didn't give me the full list. Don't worry, I got it. Luke! Don't worry, Luke. I do my job around here. <laughs> you must be the other guy. Uh, <laughs> departed. Celtics, plus 450. Nuggets plus 500. Let me scroll down. They are down this list yeah. a little bit, yeah. and I can't find them. There they are. Wow. This can't be right. 250 to 1 for the Thunder? Really? Yeah. Or is that for just normal? This is the uh, NBA in-season tournament winner. Yep. Where At BetMGM, they are way, way down there. Like, the worst odds. I mean, the, the favorite is the Celtics, and it's better than 4 to 1, plus 450. I think the reason that this is hard to price, who cares? I mean, I'm not saying, like, who cares out of us. Like, who, who cares? Who does care? Yeah, yeah is what you you're could, saying. You could bet, like, East Group A winner, for example. Pacers, minus 190. Hawks, 2-1 to one odds. 76ers, 12-1. to one. Do you think they care? This is an opportunity, I think, for teams that are young, up-and-coming teams that really want to make a name for themselves. This is going to matter to them because deep down they know, like, listen, if you're playing for the Thunder, you know, hey, this our team's got something. we got a bright future. But you're not winning an NBA title this year. But you may not have the Nuggets or the Kings or the Lakers or whoever, Celtics, throw them out. They may not care about this because they've got real title aspirations. It's those teams that are good enough to make noise, but not good enough to win a title, that they're putting in just more effort in the middle of the season, and they want to go to Vegas, and then that's the team that actually wins the you, tournament. I think that's how you look at this. You can get the Sixers at plus 1,200 yeah. to win the Group A. They're 1-1. One one. Their point differential is 2. And I don't know who's coming up now against them. They play Atlanta, and then they play Cleveland. So they could go 3-1. and one. I tell you what, that's not bad value at twelve to one, and the Pacers are minus one ninety. I do like the OKC though. Let me look and see what what they've been doing. I'm just checking out the groups right now. Yeah, that's the that's the hardest they're, part. That's why it's, they're one and two. That's okay. Why. So that would make sense why they're two fifty to one. But their yeah. point differential is plus twenty seven. They lost against Golden State, lost against Sacramento, and then they beat the Spurs. And then they play Minnesota. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Man, these games are important. Because there's only four of them? Wow. If you look, too, I mean, you look at guys, because we've talked about some of these back-to-backs, right? I mean, the Celtics didn't have Jalen Brown, Chris Stapps, Porzingis out there. Giannis is out tonight. You're going to see a lot of, all right, we'll get the star out there for the Tuesday night or the Friday night game, and then they're going to miss the next game. And I think that's the compromise the NBA may be not said specifically, and it's certainly not in writing, but that's going to be kind of the unwritten rule where, as long as we have our stars out there for in-season tournament games on Tuesdays and Fridays, mm-hmm. and you want to sit somebody after that or the game before, and it's not, especially if it's not on national TV, that's where you go. And that's why no matter what, the NBA is never going to have guys going out there and really pushing to play 82 games. They'll balance it out, they'll play in this, and they'll try to make the in-season tournament a lot more fun. And the Rockets are not a bad bet either. Plus 275, they've only played one game, they've won. They play the Clippers, they play the Nuggets, and they play Dallas. That's a hard schedule. That's a really hard schedule. 
Yeah, but that would be like a, a team. Hard, I, uh, group. Oh, yeah. But that would be like the team I'd be looking at, right? Yeah. Like even in the Northwest, like minus 400 for the Nuggets, I'm good on all that. Yeah, exactly. On, on some of these, some of these are chalky, and you don't know what the motivation is, especially without Jamal Murray for a team like Denver. Yeah. Um, now it sucks for like a team like OKC, obviously, you have the two losses, but it's a decent price. Yeah, and I think we're, it's, I mean, listen, we're not going to have a full sample size and an understanding of what this is, or like a, a full idea of what the tournament's going to look like until it's it, it's done. But also, at least you're seeing something with it. Also, Minnesota's an interesting look to mm-hmm. win the whole thing. It feels like they've got real try-hard energy so far. Yeah. Uh, they, they're they 2-0. and They beat San, uh, San Antonio and they beat Golden State last night. They play Sacramento and then they play OKC. They could easily go... Three and one. That's a hard schedule, obviously, but they've already beaten the Warriors, so that's a tough. That's a tough game, and that was at um, at Golden State. The rest of these two games are at home, and we know what the Timberwolves like. You know that that Minnesota home court advantage is not nothing. Yeah, and they're minus two seventy five to win their group. Group C, Kings plus two seventy five. So for Minnesota to go on a run, I agree. Like Nine try hard one. energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're going to Vegas most likely. So you got that. You got the Nuggets. They're actually minus two hundred. They're minus four fifty the regular season. Lakers minus three fifty. Yeah. Anybody? Anybody to look at in West Group A? Because you got the Jazz plus three seventy five. Suns twenty to one. I'm not doing it with the Suns because right. we're not going to get the big three tonight. <laughs> no, never. And they're zero and one. Blazers aren't playing anybody tonight. Is this a playing game? Dumb question for the no, Blazers it's tonight. It's okay, Tuesdays so yeah. Or Fridays. Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say because no scoot, no really anybody. And no go courts. You got to look at the courts. Right. Yeah. The courts are always yeah. That should be the, tells us. That should be the mm-hmm. indicator right there. Well, that is. That's why. I like it. I'm kind of getting into it, but it's hard to. It's just. It's a lot. But you see how By it's like at least. Three, you you know, see how it's two. at least the thing, though. For sure. Like it, you're, what you're looking at here. I mean, listen. The big thing that helps the NBA's in-season tournament is betting. I mean, people are going to care more because they're going to have something financially invested in it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people either not betting at all or betting very little, or it's just a game by game versus you know who wins a group or who wins the actual tournament because there's not that. We don't know much about it because we haven't seen much, but you're still, you've created something new. The NBA is really good at creating events. They make things feel bigger than they even are. And I know we joke about the courts. They're showing highlights of the Thunder uh, Spurs last night. But, like, the crazy-ass courts make it look like it's something different. It stands out a little bit, and you have specific nights where you know what's going on. And as we get closer and closer and teams start getting eliminated from it, you're now going to start focusing more on, right, like, the teams that you really take seriously. And then people will start looking at a bracket and start kind of paying attention like, oh, okay, like who actually has a shot to win this? I think this is going to be a success. I really do. It's never going to be like winning an NBA title, but let's be honest, there's money involved here too. And, you know, that's another thing to factor in, the try-hard energy and also what team has players that maybe need to get paid a little bit more. I know everybody wants money, but, like, there's some guys, you know, half a million dollars to LeBron is a whole lot different than half a million dollars to, you know, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Money. Money's the best motivator. Yeah, it is. You know, I I don't think anybody's going to care about the trophy. I wish they had, like, an MVP at the end-season tournament, although it's hard enough just to pick a winner. Yeah, I would bet is. you're probably going to have that. There'll, there'll be odds as it gets closer. Like, once we have more of a bracket and you start getting down to the, you know, the teams that are not eliminated, I don't know what that point will be, Lakers but I think we'll start to see a market. Lakers are 6-1 to one to win it. That's an interesting one. They're they're already 2-0. and oh. They play Portland and Utah. Those are the the weakest. This Group A, this West Group A, is really trash, like real hot garbage. Um, they've already beaten Phoenix, obviously in the game in Game One in Phoenix. They play at Portland. That's going to be an easy win. And Utah, just 
I mean, they're going they're going to win Group A. They absolutely are. We know that LeBron James is maybe the cheapest man on the planet. He wants to hoard <laughs> as much money as he can. Yeah. He literally went on camera and said, we're trying to win this in-season tournament for the $500,000. That's what he said. And he could add it to the legacy, right? Jordan <laughs> add never, it to the legacy. Jordan never won a uh, mm-hmm. IST or yeah, whatever. He probably had a couple ISTs. ISTs did, LeBron, but... did, did Michael Jordan win? Zero. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to use that in an argument. Oh, It'll be God. so great. Yeah. You know who never won an in-season tournament? Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know who never won a bubble title? Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Argument Take ends. that. Argument ends. Goat discussion <laughs> over. Over. Drop the mic. Walk away. No, but seriously, like LeBron probably would use that too. That's actually a good call. What are they? Six to one. Yeah, six to one. Yeah, I'm gonna bet it. I like that number a lot. I don't think they win the NBA Finals. I don't think they have the talent for that. I mean, they have obviously LeBron. Honestly, maybe, I like but... them. I if I was to place a bet right now, I'd place it on the Lakers, the Timberwolves, and the Pacers. The Pacers are two yeah. and zero right yeah. now as well. Fast team. Fast. They're blowing teams out. Mm-hmm. They're beating everybody up in this. Oh man. Beasy. Yeah, they're really, really good. Two and zero. They play Atlanta and Detroit. Oh, I mean, they're going to Vegas. They're, this is they are people are sleeping. Eighteen to one. Oh, that's gotta happen like today. Today, before I leave, before I drive away, I am placing that bet. Eighteen to one. I like it. That's the one. That's the one. I really like it. I love this Pacers team. I mean. Going back to them, Hallie Burton has been. Oh, I mean, this run, he's turned like, into John Stockton. He's just like, racking up huge assist numbers. I mean, it's just been crazy, and he's scoring the basketball too. I'm, I'm actually like in shock right now. I'm not really in shock, but Dame at the break, mm-hmm. and I wanted to bet 24. Dame props. Yeah, he's got twenty four eight. There you go. He's a plus twenty four. He's scared though because they might sit him. They're up like a million. This is his twentieth. I'm sorry, his fourth twentieth point half as a buck. Should have bet the bucks tonight. See, like, there's still the flashes where it's like, okay, Dame's going to find his shot. We've seen plenty of games where he has these monster halves, but you just got to put it together for an entire game, though it doesn't really matter. 70 to 47 over the Raptors right now. Yeah, Yeah, that's the thing I'd be worried about. It's just him getting set, hosted down. That is one of the absolute worst things, which I'm a little. Oh, Luca's at. Oh, God, he's almost there. I took it at 35 and a half. Yeah, over 35. He's got 25 points, six rebounds. Oh, no, nine assists. Uh, 34. Okay, we're almost there. I need one more from him. Hitting the fourth quarter. Just please don't sit the entire fourth quarter. I'm going to be very, very upset if that's the case. Here we go. Is he out on the floor, guys? Do we see Luca? Anybody? No, see he's getting his, he's getting his rest. I know here. he's getting his rest. This is usually what happens at the start of the fourth. I don't need him sitting the entire game. Mavs are 19 and a half point favorites on the uh, live line over at BetMGM right now. So you uh, might be Wizards. in trouble here. The Wizards are uh, the Wizards are going to be a fun team to fade this entire season. The Jordan Poole stuff is pretty fun. I though. over two and a half rebounds for Jordan Poole though. Let me. He's got four. There we go. I love the viral video right now of Jordan Poole Same. not listening to the coaching the staff. He's the best. Oh, and my then, God. And then he has no clue <laughs> what the What's play going is. On? And he's just like, ah, I played for the Wizards. He also cares. mouthed, it's my team, I got it. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Yeah. And, then he, and then he's like, wait a minute, what do we do well, Hold on. Let me, wait, wait, wait. What, let me, let me try happening? this again. Yeah, I do happening? that sometimes when I'm on, like, a hit. And they're like, hey, you know, what do you think about the Knicks? And I'm like, well, nothing. Let me tell you what I think about Oregon State, and then I'll like go on for 20 minutes because I don't want them to get to the next question about something else I don't want to talk about, and then I'll be like, wait a minute. What was I even saying here? <laughs> like Sometimes I'd just be saying it's so. Mike. It's Michael Scott, right? Sometimes yeah. I just start talking, yeah. and I don't know where I'm going, yeah. and I just keep going and going. Just keep going, you know? Just get all my takes, and I'm like, then let me tell you about Draymond. He's not that bad of a guy, damn it. I mean, it's the best strategy as opposed to question going on again? a quiz show. Yeah. Just over and over and over again. Jordan Poole, though. 16 JP. points. I ripped him yesterday on our friends Grant and Danny.
1067 the fan in DC and uh, now he's got 16 points. There you go. That video He's probably was, listening. He was. That video is fantastic though. Good. He can. I don't care. Come find you. I, I think Danny might be the most popular radio host name. Danny? Yeah. Danny? There are, yeah, like there are Dusty a lot of Dannys. Dannys. Then yes. there's Grant and Danny. That's why I always get confused. I'm yeah. like, wait a minute, you go on there too? <laughs> All of us have to go on there? Yeah. There's so many different ones. Yeah. It's uh tell you what, guys. Danny, Danny, Danny. Bet uh, Double is there D. a name Danny that we could bet on? Daniel Gafford. How about that? Ten points. It's better. Three and three in his career yeah. against Embiid. It's time for a short commercial break.